Well, Lord, we thank you for your word today. It's life to those that find it, and it's health to our flesh. Lord, we thank you that we have the Holy Spirit, the teacher, teaching us. And Lord, even if we can't hit everything, the teacher continues to teach us. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone said, tell your neighbor you need the teacher. <laughs> I need the teacher. Well, I want to look uh, for a little bit, open up to Proverbs chapter 1. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to spend a little time today looking uh, at Solomon for a moment, but of a topic that Solomon talked a lot about, and that was the fear of the Lord. Different fear when I say fear. Do you know the number one fear in America are the fear of spiders? I don't know why people get like freaked out with spiders in our house. It can be the littlest, tiny, microscopic animal that you could crush with your little tiny pinky toe and people scream and they won't do anything about it. It's spiders. Second one is snakes. Well, I can understand that a little bit. Uh, when we were living in North Carolina, Michelle thought she was picking up the water hose one day in the backyard, and it was a snake. And she decided that day she would never, ever water in the backyard ever again. And I said, don't kill that snake. Right? He eats rodent. That, that's my pet. And just leave him alone. He takes care of things. Well, we're not talking about that type of fear. We're talking about, as Solomon will show us a little bit, that honor, that holiness, that reverence. Uh, for God that we looked at uh, that was mentioned in the early church. So Proverbs 1.7, let me start there today. Let me just read this one verse. This is Solomon writing, and he writes this, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Let's read that together. Ready? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. So my message title is The Beginning. Now here's what's interesting, and we don't have time to look at it, but if you look at the beginning of uh, Proverbs chapter 1, after this verse, everything begins to change because he begins to go into what was taught to Solomon by his father David and his mother Bathsheba. But he starts with talking about attaining wisdom, insight. But before he makes the shift, he gives us verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning. And I say that over. It's the beginning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. But notice what it says next. Fools. Everybody say fool. We're not supposed to say that, are we? Ever said fool? Fools despise wisdom and instruction. You know, it was a summer ago, we took the summer, we went through the book of Proverbs, and really Solomon breaks everything down to the wise person and the fool, right? The wise person does this, and the fool does that. One of my favorite Proverbs, as a, I don't know why it's my favorite, I just think it's funny. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool does to its folly. How many of you own a dog? How many of you ever wonder, why does the dog eat its vomit? How many of you would ever do that? <laughs> Gotta be kidding. But Solomon looked at it and got wisdom, and he says, as a dog 
returns to its vomit, so a fool will return. You know, it is interesting. It seems like the fool always goes back, right? Can't, can't turn it around, always goes back. Well, Solomon got wisdom and instruction on that. Another one, it says, don't grab, don't meddle in another man's affairs. It's like grabbing a dog by the ears. If you've never grabbed a dog by the ears, let me tell you, they don't like it, and they'll try to bite you. Well, he used that example as meddling, trying to meddle in somebody else's business, is like grabbing dogs. So he would do those type of, of things. Here's the wise man, here's the fool. But, you can write this down, but in uh, Proverbs chapter 8, he identifies wisdom not as a knowledge or a concept. Wisdom is portrayed as Jesus. He doesn't know it yet, but if you read through 8, it is portraying wisdom, what you're after with wisdom. We're not trying to gain insight and facts, and you don't, you don't need to go tell somebody at work on Monday, do you know why a dog goes back to his vomit? <laughs> They'll kind of look at you funny. The fool goes back to his folly. But I wanted to look at Solomon, and I was reading through, that before he shifts into going through wisdom, he says this again. He says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning, right? It's where you start. It's the beginning of knowledge, but the fool despises wisdom and instruction. Let me read one other couple verses here to give us a picture of Solomon before we go through this. 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32 through 34, says this about Solomon. In fact, remember, if you, uh, if you read, Solomon had God appear to him, and God said to him, ask what you will, and I'll give it to you. Solomon asked for a heart to judge his God's people. He didn't ask for anything else. He wanted this heart, this heart of wisdom to lead the people. In fact, because he didn't ask for anything else, God promised that he would give him everything else. But we read this in 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 32 and 34. He spoke 3,000 proverbs, and his songs were 1,005. He spoke of trees, of the cedar trees of Lebanon, even the hyssop that springs out of the wall. He spoke of animals and birds and creeping things and of the fish. And men from all nations, from all the kings of the earth, who had heard of his wisdom came and listened to the wisdom of Solomon. 3,000 proverbs, 1,005 songs. These were deposited in him because what his heart was, was to ask God for insight to lead his people. You know, you can look at later and you can read the story of a lady by the name of Queen of Sheba. The Queen of Sheba heard of Solomon, but she had to see it with her own eyes. And she traveled, and not only did she see it, and she said, surely the language is, you know, I, I really believe part of it, but when I saw this, oh my goodness. And I love this one part. It said, even your servants were happy. You ever gone somewhere, a store, a restaurant, and the people working there aren't happy, and you can tell? Right? You might like the store. That might be your favorite restaurant. But let me tell you, that hostess hates working there. They're stuck. 
with Solomon and all that was going on. In fact, I, would, I love when I read through, he had apes in his foyer. How would you have an ape in your house? How could you have, oh yeah, we got a new, uh, we have an ape in the foyer today. Just pet him as you go by. He had all of these exotic uh, collections of things. But here's what Queen of Sheba said. I heard your wisdom, I believe it, but when I saw the people, they're happy, right? They're around that, that wisdom. That means he was caring for everyone. But when we read about, but he would say, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Not a fear of something dreadful, but a fear of something holy and wonderful, the fear of God. And you know, from the beginning of the Bible to the end, there's over 300 times, over 300 times that we read the fear of the Lord or the fear of God. So I wrote these things down. When the Bible asks you, do you want wisdom? Then the answer is then fear the Lord. Do you want long life? We'll see that scripture in a minute. Then fear the Lord. Do you want God's protection over your life? Then fear the Lord. Do you want God's blessing over your life? Then fear the Lord. Do you want to know the love of God? Then fear the Lord. Do you want to bring honor to God? Then fear the Lord. Parents, do you want your children to be safe and follow and fear the Lord? Then you fear the Lord. Isn't it interesting that Moses will say it and Solomon will say it? Jesus says it, and over and over and over and over in the Bible, we are going to read, fear the Lord. But many people will picture God as a punishing master, but that's that whole legalistic part. In fact, I, I really believe that if you take the fear of God and the love of God, that they go hand in hand. The fear of God and the love of God go hand in hand. And I try to remember this. When's the last time you heard a message on the fear of God? We don't. But yet we read this over and over and over in the Bible. So if I were to describe, if I were to try to write down the best definition that we could say about the fear of God in a few sentences, it would be it's not associated with any terror or of any kind or any fear that makes a person run and hide, to God, hide from God. Remember Adam and Eve? They had the fear of God, but not the right kind of fear of God. They were hiding because of their sin. God was walking to them in the cool of the day. The fear of the Lord is a holy reverence to God. Living in awe of who he is, what he's done, what he's doing. His holiness, and it's a living life with a desire to please him first and foremost. We are in awe of his power, his holiness, his purity, his righteousness, his justice, and his glory like Isaiah saw. So I want to read, in fact, I've been mentioning this the last couple months. I wanted to read it again, Deuteronomy chapter 17, verse 18 through 20. So Deuteronomy, Moses is writing this. There has not yet been a king of Israel. God's heart was never to lead Israel by a king. But well before there was ever a king, God wanted to make sure that in his word, 
was captured these verses so that any leader going forward would follow this. It says this, Also it shall be when he sits on the throne of his kingdom that he shall write for himself a copy of this law in a book from one before the priests, the Levites, and it shall be with him and he shall read it all the days of his life that he may learn to what? To fear the Lord his God and be careful to observe all the words of this law and these statutes that his heart may not be lifted above his brethren that he may not turn aside from the commandment to the right hand or to the left, that he may prolong the days of his kingdom, he and his children in the midst of Israel. So before the Levites, the ones that were uh, leading the temple, the king was to handwrite for himself the five books of the law, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Can you imagine doing that? handwrite it, keep it with you, read it every day. And fear God and do his commandments. You know what verse I didn't read? Verse 17. Verse 17 says, don't marry all of these women from different nations because they're going to turn your heart. You know what Solomon did? He had all the wisdom in the world, right? He had gathered things that would be, but he began to marry women from different nations in treaties to allow there to be peace, but at the end, they turned his heart. Yet, we can read that in verse 17, not to do that. That's why God's saying this, fear the Lord, read these commandments. This heart of ours gets prone to want to wander. And the word of God is what gets it back in line. That fear of God is what allows us to walk in his ways. So isn't it interesting that God knew that the nation of Israel would want a king, but he made sure way ahead of time. Here's what I desire for a king. You know, when you read a little bit, you know, we get our Bibles today that get printed different places. But in the Old Testament, when it was written by the scribes on the animal skins, the scribe would completely bathe themselves to make sure that when they wrote out the very words of God, they were completely clean. When they would write out the word of God, they would speak out every word when they wrote it. And when they came before writing the word Jehovah or God, they would clean the pen and they'd wash themselves again and they'd write Jehovah and move on. And any time they came back to Jehovah, they'd do the same thing. They'd wipe the pen, they'd wash themselves and write Jehovah. Man, how long would that take? They had this holy fear of the Lord that even writing his name was holy to them. Whenever I'm watching a movie or a TV show and I hear the Lord's name taken in vain, oh, I don't know, that's like a, it's just a gut punch, right? Who thought of that? Who, hey, let's take God's name and let's add something on the end. Let's make it a curse word. Yeah, it's a great idea. Who thought of that? But it should make us like, oh, because he is holy. He is mighty. He has all power. And we're told to fear the Lord. We're told to love the Lord. You know, fearing God directs our focus. 
when we fear God, we go to listen to God on exactly what to do. If you don't know what to do, fear the Lord and get in his word and find out what to do. He'll direct your steps. I'm going to fire some verses at you real quick like Proverbs does. Proverbs throws out just all of these little sentences. But I want you to listen to the wisdom of Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived on earth outside of Jesus, that God instilled wisdom and insight into him that's never been seen before other than Jesus. And I want to read these few uh, verses to us today to capture the fear of God in our life. Proverbs 8, 13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth, I hate. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Hey, wait. We read that in Proverbs 1.7. We're saying it again in 9.10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Proverbs 10, 27. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Boy, you want to have long life? Right? Have the fear of the Lord. Interesting. The fear of the wicked will be shortened. Proverbs 14, 26. In the fear of the Lord, there is, say it with me, strong confidence. In what? In the fear of the Lord. In the fear of the Lord, there is strong confidence. And his children will have a place of refuge. Some of your translations will say safety. Last week when uh, Steve Cecil was here and he was sharing about that national leader of Russia planting churches, and that leader said this. He says, I'm not the most qualified, I'm not the best preacher, but what I was, was I was somebody that said yes. And in saying yes... God used me. I thought of that with this one. There's strong confidence when you have a fear of the Lord. Proverbs 14, 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life to turn one away from the snares of death. Fearing God is referred to as a fountain of life. Proverbs 15, 16. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble. Right? Better is a little with the fear of God than great treasure with trouble. A couple more. Proverbs 19, 23. The fear of the Lord leads to life, and he who has it will abide in satisfaction. He will not be visited with evil. The fear of the Lord leads to life. Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Now we have humility. Humility does bring in the fear of the Lord. Notice what there are riches and honor and life. And then lastly, Proverbs 23, 17. Do not let your heart envy sinners, but be zealous for the fear of the Lord all of your day. I could go on. And on and on and read all these scriptures. You think that we're reading the Bible? Do you think there's something trying to knock on wood to say you need to have that healthy fear of the Lord in your life? 
because it leads to so many blessings and benefits that are in here. You know, to fear the Lord is to be like Moses. And when the bush is burning, you take off your shoes and you probably kneel because you're on holy ground. To fear the Lord reminds me of the woman at the well when Jesus tells her everything she ever did in life. She's not embarrassed. She wants to go to the town to tell them that she met somebody that told her everything about her life. There's no more trying to hide it in private. She's now walking in the fear of the Lord. When I choose to live in the fear of the Lord, I've chosen to love what he loves and to hate what he hates. Wisdom comes through the fear of the Lord. That's what Solomon is trying to pass on. If I want to get God's wisdom, it starts with fearing the Lord. A couple other verses here. Jesus says this in Matthew 10, 28. You know what's great with Matthew 10? He's calling the 12 to be apostles. And I'm sure they're all excited about their call. But then he lets them know, hey, I just want you to know, too, they're going to hate you and they're going to beat you and they're going to scourge you. And some of you, they're going to fillet and chop, chop, chop. And they're going to do all. But, but be encouraged, right? Just like they hate me, they're going to hate you, too. I mean, oh, yeah, I want to sign up for that. But Jesus says these words to him in Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those that can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. But rather fear him who is able to destroy both the soul and the body in hell. Right? Don't fear the one that thinks they can take you out. They can't take you out. You fear God, the Almighty. In his power. Acts 9.31, we started with this in service. Then the churches throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had, everybody say peace. Okay, I want to stop there because if you read through the book of Acts, there was a gentleman named Saul. Before he becomes and is renamed Paul, he is wreaking havoc on the church. What he loved every morning when he got up and the feet hit the floor, he wanted to go drag Christians and throw them into prison. He'd rather you and I be dead than out serving God. The courts were making sure that you couldn't even proclaim the name of Jesus. And they'd beat him up. And they'd throw him out. And they'd go and preach Jesus. Everything now seems to be done a little bit in secret and house to house. But the church never became stagnant or afraid. The church always began to multiply when it was persecuted. But in Acts 9 is when Paul, uh, well Saul gets that um, enlightenment that Jesus gets a hold of him. He actually is going to preach a message. And that's where we pick up this verse. But as I just read, Acts 1.8, Jesus said, take the gospel, go to Jerusalem, go to Judea, go to Samaria, and go to the ends of the earth. Interesting that we read this already in Acts 9, where it says the churches throughout... Judea, Galilee, and Samaria. Okay, churches, not a church. Churches. All out. Not being able to communicate like we can today, whether, you know, foot traffic and messenger. The churches all throughout the area had peace and were edified. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, they were what? Multiplied. As I said before, 
Wait, there's no conferences and seminars and podcasts and events and all of, all of these things that we have today? The fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Do you know all you need is the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit? Right? Because if you're going to fear God, you're going to be in His Word. And if you're in His Word, the Holy Spirit, the teacher, is going to teach you. He's going to comfort you. He's going to direct you. And you're going to fear God more than you're going to fear man. And when man tells you no, you might walk out and laugh a little bit because you fear God. And you know what God will do. You know, Joshua, we looked at him a few weeks ago. Joshua 24, uh, verse 14 and 15, before he says, as for me and my house will serve the Lord, he wraps up two things. He says, fear the Lord and serve the Lord. When you think of the last words you're going to leave with the children of Israel, of all the things that God did, you could say, yeah, remember back to Jericho, right? Remember when we just marched around? There's many things. No, you know what he leaves them with? Fear God, serve the Lord, right? Fear God. Do you think it's, we make it too complicated? Do you think that we're forgetting that it's the simplicity of us stopping Focusing on God, tuning out all of the noise, getting back into the things that he says so that I have confidence in what he says. I can say yes to what he says because I have confidence in who he is and what he can do. And so let me end with Ecclesiastes 12, 13. The wisest man that ever walked other than Jesus on earth in the book of Ecclesiastes, he's going to sum it up with this word. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Ready? Read it with me. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Wait, shouldn't, shouldn't it have read, uh, watch the dog go back to his vomit? No, what, he didn't end with that, did he? What does he say? The whole matter. Here's the whole matter to focus on. Fear God, keep his commandments. For this is man's all. We start in Genesis 3 with a bad example because it wasn't them fearing God. It was them being in fear for sin in their life. We see the example of God in Genesis 3 that he's walking to them in the cool of the garden. Because we always see the fear of God and the love of God are hand in hand walking together but it takes humility to walk in the fear of God it takes humility and confidence and strength not to listen to all the voices not to look at it and say wait, wait why are they blessed they don't even know God you get back and have confidence in him allow him to exalt you him to lift you up because you fear him I like that one verse I'd rather have a little and fear the Lord than to have the abundance and be completely lost, because I'll lose it that way. I have to humbly fear the Lord. You know, Jesus would teach that over and over again. He would direct everybody to the Father. He had every right to direct everyone to him, but he directed everyone to the Father, and I only do what I see my Father doing, and I only say what I hear my Father saying. Bow your heads, if you would, with me today.
Lord, I know you're wanting to instill in our hearts, just as Solomon ended, the whole matter, fear God, walk in your commandments. Lord, I pray that the distractions of life, of this world, would grow dim, that the intensity of our focus would be to look to you, to fear you, your holiness, your awe, that you're active in this world. That we would even see in, in the churches, Judea, Galilee, Samaria, they're edified, multiplying, growing, satisfied because of the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. That the message is, of Jesus is moving because of the fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit connected together. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you've never confessed him as your savior, you've never prayed for him to come in your life, we're all gonna do this together. In fact, I, I'd like all of us to repeat this prayer. Say this with me. Dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe that he lived and that he died for me. But he rose again. I accept him as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Lord, for forgiving me of all my sin, cleansing me from all unrighteousness, and bringing me into your family. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Stand with me if you would, and if you prayed that prayer for the first time, or you prayed it to get back to the Lord, please come and see us at the end of service. We would love uh, to pray with you. Let's close with this chorus, and then Michelle will come up. It means to fear the Lord day in and day out. So how can you take it and apply it today at the mall, tonight at home, tomorrow at work. Simply, what does it mean? It means honoring the Lord with your life, respecting his lordship in your life, respecting the fact that he is God and you are not, and that he knows absolutely 100% your life inside and outside and knows the answers that you're looking for. You don't know what to do. You turn to him. You don't try and figure it out yourself. He is God and you are not. Honor him with your life. Respect his lordship in your life. When you don't know what to do, you're asked to go somewhere, you're like, hmm, you have that little check on the inside. You know what, Lord? I respect you more than my wants and my desires. Are you in the midst of this? Because if you're not, I don't want to be there. It's simply that simple. Fear the Lord and honor him. It's not hard to do. But, oh, the dividends are so worth it.
the payoff is so big. And you know that passage that was read that it says when you fear the Lord, even your children have a place of refuge and shelter. It goes from generation to generation because it's being instilled in them. The fear of the Lord. Good word. Good word this morning. A word that you can put into practice right now if you're not already. And if you are, up your game. We can always up our game in Jesus, right? Well, I'm looking forward to some Mongolian with a bit of garlic in it. It is what it is. I hope you're going to join us over at the mall for a time of fellowship together. Let's enjoy some food together. I saw some lunch sacks next door. If you are handing out lunch sacks or if you have it in a while, go next door and pick some up. Keep them in your car. If you need prayer, please do not hesitate. We would love to pray with you. God bless you and have a great week.